Hello, everybody. You're listening and watching the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm Marcus Rude, and today's guest is Tony Masiello, who is a director, producer. He also runs the SOVHorror.com. Uh, how's it going, man? It's good, good. Yourself? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good for a Saturday afternoon here. Right. So, um, you. You, I want to say, like specialized in SUV horror, but you know, obviously, SUVhorror.com is your website, and you've got some like really obscure titles. And, uh, you know, I don't know like where my uh, podcast uh, listenership, uh, you know, like where they're at as far as like watching horror movies and stuff. But so, if I have people that listen to my podcast that don't know much about SUV horror, um, could you like uh, maybe explain a little bit of what SOV horror is? Yeah. So SOV horror stands for shot on video horror. Um, people probably are familiar, you know, in the eighties uh, when video cameras kind of started to proliferate in homes, a lot of young filmmakers started picking up video cameras and making their own movies. And so in, in a sense, this whole new subgenre of horror was born of the shot on video horror movies. And at SOVHorror.com, we're all about preserving the history of shot on video horror films. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's something that you don't really see a lot in, you know, obviously like, like mainstream horror stuff. So it it's really cool to, um, you know, if you're a fan of the horror genre and you want to take a deeper dive into uh, the more underground stuff, uh, I think like the SOV horror stuff is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you, you know, uh, there's, there's so many different little subgenres of horror. And one thing I love about shot on video horror in particular is there are movies made by fans for fans and, you know, they're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to do completely just bonkers things. You know, you get really original ideas and, uh, you know, really original and unique concepts in a lot of these movies. So, you know, say uh, people that are, are just discovering SOV horror or want to get into SOV horror, where do you think would be a good starting point for somebody to, to get into SOV horror? Sure. Well, uh, you know, easy enough. I'll just throw in a plug. You can go to SOVhorror.com. We have a ton of great uh, shot on video horror movies. Um, some of the bigger shot on video horror movies though, um, I would call them kind of the gateway drug shot on video horror movies. Some of the larger, more popular movies would be movies like Redneck Zombies, which was released by Troma, um, you know, in the early eighties. Then you also have movies like Gary Cohen's Video Violence 1 and 2. Um, you know, those are kind of a couple of the more real popular staples of the genre. Um, then you have movies like Black Devil Doll from Hell, um, from Chester Novel Turner. I mean, there's a ton of uh, really great movies. Those are probably some of the more, uh, I would say, popular within the genre that people have maybe heard of or might kind of help get them into the genre in general. Right on, right on. Yeah, those are some pretty good titles for sure. Um you know, I think uh, my my introduction to like SOV horror was, uh, I guess, like the first one I think I ever owned was uh, The Dead Next Door. Okay. Um, and, and I don't even know if, if that was even really considered SOV. Yeah, that one's actually was shot on Super 8, which is, you know, a film format. But uh, director J.R. Bookwalter, who made that, actually produced a ton of shot on video movies in the 90s. So For sure. Yeah, so then I, I, I'm assuming probably the scare game was probably my first one. I know that one's SOV for sure. Yeah, that's SOV. Yeah, and uh, and that that one's a pretty uh pretty cool one as far as like it's it's an anthology too. So that's uh, yeah, very cool. Um, and that filmmaker Eric Stanzi, I mean, great filmmaker. He went on to do a, a ton of great movies. Scare Game's one of his first, but he did stuff like. Uh, savage harvest and uh gosh so so many i can't even think of half of them off the top of my head scrapbook whole bunch of good stuff great filmmaker right on right on yeah so um you know looking at your website you've got 
you know, tons of titles and, uh, you know, ton, tons of them that are on uh, DVD that you have and, uh, you know, for sale on the show or not on the show, but on the website. And, uh, one that really caught my eye was metal noir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, could, could you maybe talk a little bit about that one? For sure. Yeah. Metal noir was actually our first DVD release. And so, the way the whole the DVD label came to be was, uh, I, I'm a filmmaker by trade, and uh, you know I also I'm an editor, a visual effects artist. I, I do that professionally for my day job, and um, I was working on a documentary web series called SOV: The True Independence, all about shot on video movies, which you can actually watch the web series on our website. And I was interviewing a director named Jay Wolfel who people might be familiar with uh, a few movies he made for Full Moon, which would be a Demonicus, Demon Gladiator from Hell, as well as uh, Transfer 6. Um, and, and Jay, uh, we were kind of talking and rapping and stuff, and uh, long story short, uh, he gave me a bunch of old VHS tapes he had, and uh, I was kind of going through these tapes, and uh, on one of them, I noticed this very rare shot on video movie at, that at the time had not been released um, called Dead Silence, which is uh, Hugh Gallagher's first movie. And uh, so I was really excited to watch Dead Silence because I knew about it, but I'd never seen it. And you couldn't really get it on DVD or VHS or anything. It's a very rare film at that time. And right before that movie was a little movie called Metal Noir. And I'd never heard of Metal Noir before. So I thought, I'm like, hey, this would be a great title to review for my website. So I decided to check out Metal Norm, and immediately I noticed a couple names in the credits that are big names to people. If you're in a shot on video movies, I noticed the names Hugh Gallagher as well as Charles Pinion, who are both filmmakers in their own right. And I started watching this movie, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. It's pretty much the story of an author who kind of moves into this house um, that there, she discovers this, this uh, crate in the attic that has a creepy mask and some other stuff. And long story short, she's uh, kind of thrust into this world of uh, the dark God, uh, the God of dark metal. I best describe it as a mix between uh, Hellraiser and uh, Trick or Treat is kind of the vibe of this movie. And I absolutely fell in love with the movie. I, I thought it was so awesome. It was so great. And so I, I uh, you know, I wanted to do some research about it to, uh, write about it a little more on, on my review. And while I'm doing research on the film, I realize it's never been released. I find some Draculina articles that talk about it never being released. So I reached out to the filmmaker, David R. Williams, and uh, we kind of struck up a friendship and a deal and then kind of made a deal to uh, put out the film. And what was interesting about that movie was the the copy I had of the movie was like a dub, a dub of a dub of a dub, you know? So it was really, mm -hmm. the picture quality was really bad. It was, uh, you know, it, it was not the best looking presentation of the film. And unfortunately the master of the movie had gotten ruined in a flood. And so I was able to find a work print of the film, a digitized work print that one of the actors had. And so I had to go and re-edit the movie from scratch using that work print as well as my print. And so it took about six months to put the movie back together. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that it was exactly like that original version that I had seen. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it took a long time to get that one going. And after that was done, that was kind of like the beginning of the label. After that, you know, we, we put out my movie was our second release, Sombrella's House of Horrors. And then slowly I started picking up movies from other filmmakers, other kind of rare and obscure shot on video films man very cool yeah I'm, I'm really anxious to check that one out it looks it looks really cool oh it's a blast it's it's completely uh it's it, it's it's so crazy it's such a fun movie <laughs> well like you know yeah from seeing the trailer that you put together it it really uh it really does seem like like something you, you can't look away from it's like okay i i gotta see what this is about because there's some there's some really cool uh scenes that i could see in there already just from the trailer yeah david r williams the director of that you know um i i refer to him more of as an artist than even a director i mean he's a great director don't get me wrong but i mean he has his his idea of filmmaking is very different than a lot of other filmmakers and he's very into 
you know, he likes lots of improv in his movies. He likes lots of cool visuals, lots of visual aesthetic type stuff. And so it really does make for it. I, I, the best way I can describe the movie is it's definitely, it's a very, has a very dreamlike quality to it. You know, it's, mm. it's very, it's artistic and exploitive at the same time. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. And I was like trying to find like those, so to speak, hidden gems, like, you know, things that, that, uh, has never been released before and it's just been sitting in a in a vault or in a basement somewhere downstairs for years and uh so you know it's really cool to see uh that you bring something to life and and for people to check out that you know are, are discovering something that was made 30 years ago but uh has never been seen to the you know the uh the wide public yeah, that's kind of been a big goal of the company, you know, is, is uh, first and foremost, I'm a fan myself, you know, and so really the goal has always been, I kind of have a rule of thumb that I only put out movies that I like. So if I don't like a movie, I won't put it out. And so I try to find really rare, obscure things people probably haven't seen to kind of help uh, spread the love for those films, you know. Right on, right on. So, you know, uh, you mentioned Zombarella's House of Horrors, um, and that's one of your newer newer uh, movies. Yeah. And, and I know you got some other ones that you just announced. Um, but uh, Zombarella's House of Horrors, uh, why did you decide to want to make a movie that uh, was kind of like a uh, horror host movie and then mixing with, you know, a bunch of anthologies and uh, commercials? That, uh, that you've had other filmmakers make as well. Um, could you talk about like uh, what what got you into wanting to make this type of film? Yeah, so the Zombrella House of Horrors, the way that really came about was originally it was kind of a project that I made for me and my friends. So, uh, you know, I most of my short films that I've made, um, I've made quite a few that have been distributed in other features, such as uh, Frames of Fear, High Eight, Grindsploitation, Sleepless Nights. And uh, I wanted to put together something like a feature for me and my friends. Because, you know, I, I pretty much, I, I've, I've worked with a few professional actors and, and professional people. But for the most part, I've made movies with just me and my friends. And so I wanted to make something that we could all kind of be proud of, a feature-length movie. And so I had all these shorts that I had made, and I was trying to think of a way, well, how can I kind of make this into a complete movie? And around the same time, I was archiving a bunch of my real early work that I'd made, you know, as a teenager and in my early 20s. And so I came up with this idea. I'm a huge fan of, of the show USA Up All Night. That was like a huge part of my childhood growing up, very influential to me. And people not familiar with that, it was a... It was pretty much a, a horror host. Not always horror. They do a lots of sex comedies as well. It's like sex comedies and B-movies and hosted by Gilbert Godfrey and Rhonda Shear that they'd play really late night on the USA ne network. Mm -hmm. And so that show was like highly influential to me. I mean, it pretty much got me into B-movies as a kid. And so I kind of came up with the idea of like, hey, what if I made this kind of homage to USA Up All Night and then I can get a lot of this old footage that, that I've had sitting around and repurpose it to make something new, you know? So I got some of these old shorts that weren't very good and I cut them into fake trailers or fake commercials and stuff like that. And so it was really just a, really Zombrella's Household Wars is like the last 20 years of my filmmaking pretty much. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the shorts I wanted to include on the movie, unfortunately I could not get clearance from uh, the producer who I originally licensed it to. And so uh, I hit up my good buddy, Tim Ritter, who uh, is probably most famous for doing the Truth or Dare series of films, uh, mm -hmm. as well as Killing Spree and Creep, a whole ton of great movies. And uh, asked uh, Tim if he would contribute a short. And so Tim contributed a short and he liked the idea so much. He was like, I'd love to do some commercials and stuff too. So he also contributed some commercials. So that movie is kind of a, a co-direction piece between myself and Tim Ritter. Nice, nice. Yeah, I uh <laughs> I thought it was a nice touch to add in the uh those uh late night hotline numbers commercials. 
Well, that was a big staple, you know, of USA Up All Night. If you sat and watched USA Up All Night, like every commercial break was 1-900-SEX-ADS. So I knew, and that, that was new stuff that we actually shot specifically for the film. I, I knew I definitely wanted to put a bunch of 1-900-SEX-ADS in it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, kind of, a, and it had like a nice uh, nostalgic feel to it because I remember, you know, watching TV late at night and those commercials pop on and, uh, you know, it was kind of nice to see that come back in, uh, you know, 2019, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we just finished the sequel to Zombrella's House of Horrors uh, called Natasha Knighty's Boudoir of Blood. And uh, that one, we actually upped the ante on the phone sex uh, commercials. All those have like nudity and stuff in them now. Oh, wow. Now, now I definitely have to check the sequel out. <laughs> Yeah, we, we went a little different with the sequel. You know, I feel like I learned a little bit from Zombarella's House of Horrors. I mean, I love the movie. I'm very proud of it. I think it came out great. But there was definitely stuff I thought I could fix in the sequel. So I tried to kind of fix certain things in the sequel. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of feedback. People wanted more nudity. So we, we, we shoved some nudity inside of the, the 1-900 ads this time. Right, right. And, uh, you know, and, and I'll say I do like the aspect of uh, the horror host, Zombarella. She she doesn't show any of the goods, but she teases it a lot. <laughs> she teases it. And if you watch to the end of the end credits, there's kind of a little bonus thing at the very end of the credits there. Oh, okay. For sure. Some people maybe miss that. Yeah, you got you to gotta watch to the end of the credits and you, you, you get to kind of see the goods. Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I... I I didn't watch all the way up to the very end. So yeah, I probably need to do that, <laughs> but yeah, very cool, man. And, uh, and I see that you've already started to sell copies of, of the new one is, yeah, that... we did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, when, when will people, you know, like the vast, the vast public be able to, to purchase those? Yeah. So I just did a, very limited 20 copy run um an early run to so, so people could get it before halloween of a signed edition people have been bugging me for a while we we want signed dvds we want signed dvds i've never been much of a person to autograph or have much of an ego with my work so but people kept asking me so i figured i'd, I'd do an early release version for for some people for our super fans to get for halloween and that sold out really fast and so the wide release version is going to be available November 13th. We release all of our movies. We typically put out two movies every month, uh, on, usually on the 13th of the month. Nice. For sure. So anybody listening or watching, go check out SOBHorror.com and stay up to date on uh, all the releases they put out. Um, man, I've been wanting to point out uh, you know, I've been watching some of your videos that you have on YouTube and I always see all your tapes in the background. What do you think is probably your rarest tape that you have? You know, uh, rarest tape is a kind of hard thing to say. I mean, uh, you know, each person has their own opinion of what is the rarest or the most valuable tape. Um, my most valuable tape is probably I have a sealed copy of tales from the quadded zone which i know is in the past sold for thousands of dollars that tape um right but That's to me high, the high dollar more tape. rare the more rare tapes to me are ones that you know probably most people don't even care about i was just talking uh, the other day I, i'm a director ron ford and i have like a screener of one of his uh movies and he even he didn't know these things existed you know so i got a lot of tapes like that um you know i have an original copy of soul the demon from the director um which is extremely rare i have uh, copies of the vhs of the spirit gallery which i don't think were ever released so i have like five copies of those oh wow you know so i got i got quite a few uh, rare tapes in my collection but i got a lot of comments too you know i, I just i love horror movies so i, I collect them all Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to have some comments in there. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, you probably see all the ones behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, you know, speaking of like the scare game that, that one was, uh, 
one of like the best finds I ever found. I went thrifting one day and they had a sale of like uh, 10 tapes for a dollar. Well, I'm looking through, you know, they had some pretty good ones uh, like Return of the Living Dead. Um, What's the other one? The Offering. Offerings. Offerings. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was starting right to right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I found that and I was like, like, holy shit, you know, I'm doing good. And then I stumbled across a tape called The Scare Game. And I'm like, whoa, okay, Tempe video. This is something you don't see every day. So yeah. I I got that tape for 10 cents, essentially. Right. Those One are the of, best scores, you know, is when you find those tapes like super cheap, you know. Uh, when the video stores are going out of business here in San Diego where I live, I was just hitting them all up and I got so many great tapes for like no money. I mean, one of my favorite video stores when they closed down, you know, they were just trying to get rid of products so bad. They were literally selling a hundred tapes for 20 bucks. Oh my God. So yeah. I mean, but the deal was you had to take a hundred tapes. So you couldn't just take like (laughs) 15 or 20, you had to take a hundred tapes. And I think I bought quite a few hundreds of tapes from them when they closed. Oh my gosh. So, you know, you've probably seen like 20 really good tapes and it's like, oh shit, now I got to get like 80 commons of maybe what yeah. I already have <laughs> just to, just to get that deal. But. Yeah. My, my garage is a uh, pretty filled with movies right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly trying to get rid of some of them. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where my tapes ended up in the garage here, which I got it behind underneath this banner here. I got tons of them back here, but um uh, yeah man uh you know just as a fellow tape collector i just wanted to just kind of see like what what you thought some of your your uh, rare tapes were um what what do you consider some of your favorite horror films that feel like the halloween season Oh, sure. Yeah. So some of my favorite Halloween movies um, that I kind of usually watch every year. Uh, Halloween 3 is one of them. Me and my wife, we usually watch that one every year. It's it's my favorite of the Halloween movies. I know to some people that's blasphemy, but I just absolutely <laughs> love that movie. It reeks Halloween to me. Um, another one I like to watch every year is uh, Chris LaMartina's WNUF Halloween special, which is a really cool kind of throwback uh actually kind of similar to the Zombarella movie where it has like fake commercials and stuff like that. Really fun movie. And we actually put out a couple of Chris's uh, earlier movies. We put out his movie, AmeriKill and uh, dead teenagers, which dead teenagers. That's one I'd recommend for people for the Halloween season as well. Very really cool stylized horror anthology. Uh, let's see what else would be. Oh, oh gosh, I can't forget Hack-O-Lantern. Hack-O-Lantern's one of my right. favorites. They do that one every Halloween um you know uh and then uh then i usually do a lot of just my personal favorite horror films so you know my my favorite horror movie of all time is sorority babes and the slimeball bowlerama so oh, i nice. typically watch that every halloween and hollywood chainsaw hookers is another personal favorite of mine i'm i'm very into kind of the cheesy b movies is kind of my probably favorite style of horror next to shot on video horror films Right on. So, so you're a big Fred Olin Ray fan? Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, you probably notice in, in uh, the Zombarella movie, the movie within the movie is called Fred Olin Woods' Tales from the Mausoleum, which is obviously, <laughs> yeah, a reference to Fred Olin Ray, who uh, Fred was really cool. He was, uh, I actually got my first film credit I ever got was in a Fred Olin Ray movie because he was trying to uh, rename one of his movies. And he used to have this old uh, forum called the Retro Media Forum. Uh, this was kind of way before Facebook and any of that stuff. And uh, I was on there and I kind of won this contest where I renamed one of his movies. Uh, I came up with the name Bikini Roundup. And so they ended up using that name for the movie. And that was like my first real official movie credit I ever got, which was really cool. Whoa, that's pretty cool, man. The best part too is, so I got an associate producer credit and on the movie, uh, you know, my credit is right on a, a still of a butt. And I thought that was really funny because the joke in the film industry is associate producer, they call them ass prods. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Fred, I, uh, 
the other day I watched Jacko, which is produced by him. Yeah. That's a really fun one. Oh, Jacko's another great one. Another good – yeah, we, we do that one a lot on Halloween. I'm skipping that this year, actually, because I, I work for uh, Rift Tracks, and we're doing that at Rift Tracks this year. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, Rift Tracks is the guys from Mystery Science Theater, for people who aren't kind of familiar with it. It's kind of their new thing, and I work for them. So uh, we're doing Jacko this year for for uh, a big Halloween theater release. So, Right on, man, right on. Yeah, I, uh, you know, sometime this month – uh, for my show, I'm going to talk about that movie with uh, one of my buddy, Matt, from uh, Funbox Monster Podcast. He's going to team up with me, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that one, you know, a little bit more in depth. But You, know, you guys got to – if you haven't heard the commentary for that movie, I highly recommend listening to the commentary. The commentary is uh, – I don't want to spoil it if you haven't heard it, but it's just one of the craziest commentaries you'll ever hear. I highly recommend it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was on the the fence about buying that uh, collector's edition DVD that's got like you know a bunch of yeah, the Jackos uh, and Friends edition. Oh, right. Yeah. So I might have to put that one on my on my uh, wish list here. Yeah, I'm not sure if that has the same commentary on it. It, it I'm, I'm guessing it probably does. Um, I've only seen the original, you know, a single issue disc where it was just the movie itself that's the one i have right right yeah yeah it's definitely a fun one in it you know especially if you want to watch a horror slasher that maybe doesn't get talked about a whole lot for the halloween season right you know it's it's a good choice <laughs> and you got linnea quigley so how can you go wrong oh yeah <laughs> that, that shower scene oh my gosh <laughs> you know I, i'll say i don't know anybody that takes showers like that <laughs> <laughs> maybe michelle bauer brings stevens all, all three of them are very uh, talented at shower scenes <laughs> right <laughs> very much so <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure if if uh if i asked you this but what are what are some of your favorite sov horror films yeah so i got a ton that i really like um I kind of really break a lot of mine down by filmmakers too. I have a bunch of my favorite filmmakers. Um, you know, it's always hard to pick a, a top favorite, but some of my favorites are, I absolutely love the movie Blood Lake. That's uh, one of my favorites. I was fortunate enough to interview Tim Boggs like 10 years ago. I was one of the first people to ever interview him. And he did an eight hour long interview with me. And it was, it was just so amazing talking to him. Um, and so that one's real fun. I think that just that got a DVD release, I think, just last year, which is really cool. Um, I really love the movies of Hugh Gallagher. So uh, he did Gorgasm, Gorotica, Gorhor. All three of those are just tops in my book. I, I love those <laughs> movies. What I love about his work is he, you know, uh, what you'll see a lot in low-budget horror is you don't always see really good compelling stories. You know, what I like about Hugh Gallagher's work is they always have really good, compelling stories. Uh, same with Tim Ritter, you know, uh, Tim Ritter's work, always really great stories. You know, um, movies like, uh, you know, obviously Truth or Dare. I know the first one's not SOV, but the sequels like Wicked Games is just so great. Um, Creep is another great one. Dirty Cop, No Donut. Um, some other favorites are Black Devil Doll from Hell from Chester Novel Turner. I mean... That movie's just completely apeshit bonkers. It's so fun. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, and, and I hate to toot horns of, of movies I put out, but movies like Mr. Ice Cream Man is another one of my favorites. It was an absolute honor getting to put out that movie. Um, yeah, so like, there's, there's so many. There's so many good ones out there. Right. Yeah, and, you know, and a lot of them uh, – you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that don't know that these movies exist. So that's why, like, I think it's cool to have you on the show and talk about some of these titles because, the, you know, there really are some titles that are underground titles, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to, to talk about some of these indie films that uh, have just been made over the years and, uh, you know, ha hasn't gotten the recognition that some of them deserve. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what we're, we're all about, you know. Like, like I said, the website is, isn't just a DVD label. It's also, you know, we have reviews and videos and all sorts of content all about propping up shot on video horror films. Because there are just so many great movies. And what's sad to me is, you know, a lot of people, and it's kind of changing now, which is great, but, you know, for a long time, shot on video movies kind of had this stigma that they're all just shit, you know. Uh, a lot of people would have that kind of idea, well, that's shot on a crappy video camera. I can make something like that, you know? And so they kind of really had this bad connotation to a lot of horror fans. And, uh, you know, even today, I think a lot of people like them, like them on the so bad it's good type of level. And there's obviously some that I think definitely fit into that camp, but there's also a ton that are really well-made, well-produced films that should be, you know, treated as such. And what's great about, you know, I think today, you know, 20, 30 years later now is these movies are starting to get recognized as good horror films. You know, fans are slowly starting to see them and seek them out and realize like, Hey, there's, these are some really cool, unique movies. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like them so much is because like I said, these filmmakers weren't afraid to take chances. You know, they'd make movies about the most crazy ideas. I mean, who back then, who was going to make a movie about a puppet raping a woman? I mean, it's, and I know today you've probably seen 10 movies like that, but back in 1984, you know, that was freaking crazy stuff, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love about SOV is it's filmmakers who were just willing to take chances and carry out their vision no matter what. I've worked in the Hollywood system. I've worked on many Hollywood films doing like VFX and 3D conversion. And, you know, the thing with the big Hollywood movies is you got so many people working on these movies, especially now with all the CGI and all that, you literally have, you know, thousands of people working on a movie and thousands of people, you know, you got producers, you got board of directors, all these people all having their own opinion on how the movie should be. So, you know, it gets kind of far removed from an artist's vision where SOV is quite the opposite. It's typically made by a filmmaker who has their own vision, their own kind of message or whatever they want to get out there. And there's no one standing in their way of doing it other than, you know, a lack of budget maybe, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's what I like about uh, some of these uh, SOV horror is, you know, they, the directors who make them are most likely the ones that are in control of this movie. There's no, producers and whatnot telling them what to do like this is this is the, the the vision of these guys who make the film and they put their their heart and and uh, passion into these projects and and uh you know some of them are a lot of fun for sure that's yeah. why I always like to say, I say SOV equals love, you know, because <laughs> to me, that's what SOV is all about. It's all about love. It's all about, you know, you, you had to have a passion to do these things. You did have some filmmakers who literally just made them for money. I mean, you do have guys like that out there who just saw that there was a trend and hey, if I get a bunch of naked girls or something in a video camera, I can make a lot of money. But for the most part, you know, I think most of the people who took the time to make video movies back then you know, really needed a heart and a drive and a passion because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy and it also wasn't cheap, you know. Nowadays, we have nonlinear editors. We've got phones. You can shoot a movie on your phone these days. I mean, but back then, you know, you, you, you had to buy a really expensive camera, you know, which wasn't cheap. And then typically, you'd either have to buy the editing equipment yourself, which for most people was not ob obtainable at all because of the prices of these things back in the eighties and early nineties. So they'd have to go to like a television studio and edit their movies there. And there's always limitations with that as well. You know, sometimes, Oh, you can only have one extra audio track and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, you really had to, you had to really want to make a movie. You know? yeah. Nowadays I, I get movies submitted to me all the time for, you know, people asking me to put out their stuff and I see a lot of lazy you know i don't want to put down people's work but uh you know i see a lot of stuff that seems like someone just shot it over one day maybe spent one day editing it and you know once now they think they're a filmmaker you know and mm -hmm. uh, it's you know the market is definitely getting saturated with content like that um we're, we're definitely in a different place than we were 30 years ago you know where it took a lot more work and a lot more heart and passion to make something, you know, where now people can just literally make a movie in a day if they really wanted to, you know, and slap a cool cover on it and, and make some money. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that's one of the things like when I, when I watch some of these older movies, you know, like since we're talking about SOV horror, um, is just, uh, you know, thinking like, you know, nowadays we, you know, like we're talking about, we have all the editing equipment, everything's pretty much in our hands now, but I always try to think back in, the, in my mind that uh, when I watch some of the older ones, it's like, man, that must've been really hard to do like editing, uh, some some of these movies and actually making them try to flow as as well as possible and then adding in different style like credits and you know just just any little thing that's like special effects uh and like comp- i would say computer editing but you know like must must have taken some really talented uh work to pull it off because that was sort of uncharted territory for sure yeah for sure it was definitely uncharted territory i mean those I like to refer to those early SOVs as, as kind of the Wild West. You know, I mean, uh, people were were creating the rules as 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 they went along, and uh, you know, you got a lot of great movies out of it. You know, for sure, for sure. But you definitely got some bad ones too. I mean, I, I don't want to discount and say like every shot on video movie is great because sometimes I know people will we'll think because I put them over so well that I love them all. And there's definitely some that I'm just like, oh gosh, that movie's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just like any movie, it's like any genre, you know, you got to weed through the shit to find the gold pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot I, of gold I, if you're willing to look, you know. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's part, of, part of the hunt, especially if, you know, if, if you're into horror movies, you're gonna you're gonna watch some bad ones, guaranteed. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, <laughs> I always thought it's funny, like uh, watching horror movies. Like I'll watch like a bunch of really bad ones, and then I'll get to like a mediocre movie. And when I get to that mediocre movie, it's like, man, this movie is so good. Right. It's <laughs> like I'm so used to watching some bad ones. It's like <laughs> some of these are like masterpieces compared to some of the other ones. Right. But, uh, and then there's the level of just even liking movies that are quote unquote bad, you know, uh, and an analogy I used to hear a friend say a lot was, you know, if you spoon fed someone shit since they were born, they're going to lo- learn to love shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been accused of loving some shit in my life. That's for sure. Yeah. I got, I got some, uh, what do I call it? Guilty pleasures. Right. So, you know, I know that they're bad and people think they're bad, but there's something about it that, that I just love them. For sure. I, I love, you know, to me, it's always my idea of what it constitutes a bad movie is it's not like bad production value or bad acting or anything like that. To me, a bad movie is a movie that's boring. You know, I think the worst thing a movie can do is just be boring, you know, and mm-hmm. to me, a good movie engages the audience whether you're laughing at it or with it, whatever may, may cause you to have a reaction to the work, you know, it's a movie that engages you and you, you know, enjoy Cause obviously art is so subjective, you know, some people like Dolly, some people hate Dolly, you know, some people like, you know, this art or that art, same with music, you know, everyone's kind of different in our tastes, but ultimately to me, it's all about making something that's entertaining for the duration of the runtime. For sure, man. Um, so kind of, kind of to trail off to a, a different topic, and this is one that I, I like to ask mostly everybody that comes on, what is your favorite universal monster or universal monster film? Yeah. So my favorite universal monster is definitely Frankenstein. Um, that I remember seeing that as a very young kid, that was one of those movies that was one of those gateway horror films for me. I mean, I, I think we, we watched it, you know, on an antenna TV when I was a kid. And uh, I just immediately fell in love with it. I remember picking up a, a kid's version of the book as a kid and plowing through that and being shocked at how different it was from, you know, the actual Universal film itself. But uh, still to this day, uh, Frankenstein is probably my favorite of the Universal monsters. Uh, that's actually another one I like to watch for Halloween typically every year. Um, but I love all the monsters. I'm I'm a big Universal guy. I, lo- I love all those, uh, and I also like even you know like the the kind of monster parody movies, like the Abbott and Costello, you know, Meet mm-hmm. the Monster type movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, lo- love Universal. Great stuff. Right. Yeah, I I love them too. 
And uh, I'm gonna ask, what's yours? What's your favorite monster? <laughs> well, um, you know, it. I, I I love most of them, but uh, it, it's almost like my my favorites tend to change from over the years. So like right now I would say uh, creature from the black lagoon is nice. sitting as one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another great one. I love that one too. Yeah. I, I, I just love the the look of the creature and just some of the cinematic shots are just really fun to watch. Oh, for sure. And, uh, but you know, so I'll say like when I was like young, like, you know, really young, probably my first favorite was Dracula. Right. And then, uh, yeah, because I'd be like Dracula for a few years in a row for Halloween. <laughs> so <laughs> probably like in a row too. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think all those horror kids had dressed up at Dracula at one point. You know? Right. Yep. The and cheap plastic like, cape. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Get those those cheap plastic fangs. Yep. <laughs> throw some makeup on, throw a little bit of fake blood on, you're good to go. Right. <laughs> But you know, and then like Frankenstein, you know, obviously is is a classic. He's he's definitely up there for me. But but yeah, you know, nowadays as as an older guy, well, I'm 30, but I mean, you know, like nowadays I would I would say like Creature from the Black Lagoon sitting up there for me right yeah. now. But yeah, to me, even with Frankenstein, it was always you know I think as as a kid who was a little bit of uh, I I don't know how to explain it other than saying maybe uh, not popular, more of a kind of outcast, uh, loner type person. Um, I related a lot to the Frankenstein monster, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and overall, as far as like the the film series itself, you know, uh, that one in my opinion has like the most solid sequels, you know, like all the like House of Frankenstein and all those other sequels, Ghost of Frankenstein, they're just so much fun. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, like uh, Frankenstein meets Werewolf. Yeah. Those, those I got to mention, though, and I'll turn this into a plug for another movie we actually have coming out in October. It's a movie called Monster History 101 that's directed by uh, Ron Ford, um, who's one of those monster kids. You know, he grew up with, you know, famous monsters of Filmland and all that stuff. And it, it, it's, it shows in his work, he, you know, this movie we're putting out, it's got awesome stop animation in it, um, you know, 2D animation as well, all sorts of stuff. But he does these host segments and behind him is his Universal Monsters collection. And it is so amazing. He has like an original Gill Man suit that is, it looks so freaking amazing and and it's it's really cool so yeah if you're a creature fan you'll have to check out that uh, monster history 101 and see ron ford's creature collection because it's it's extremely impressive hell yeah i'm definitely going to check that out sounds very cool um i don't you got you got anything else that you'd like to talk about yeah, just so, you know, if, if people are definitely, you know, interested in, in checking out any of our stuff, you know, um, and even if you're not, if you're not really, you know, in the shot on video movies, I say, hey, give them a chance, you know. Um, I, I know a lot of people shit on them because of the format and whatnot, but I think there's a lot of great movies to be discovered, and I think there's still movies that are being discovered now. There's a lot of other companies other than my own that are putting these movies out, which I think is great. And, you know, if you love horror, you know, step outside of the box, check out something different, you know, so definitely check out some of these uh, movies and uh, because people put a lot of time and passion and heart into these things. And uh, it's really cool that they're slowly starting to get recognition now. So, you know, go to SOVHorror.com, you know, check out not only our, our movies we release, but some of our documentary videos we have. We have quite a few documentary videos about sh shot on video movies, as well as interviews and reviews and stuff like that. So if you wanna kinda get more into the genre, definitely uh, check out our website. It's probably a, a nice starting point. Right on, for sure. Um, you know, in, uh, I just kinda wanted to mention, uh, you know, speaking of like other companies that are putting content out like I've, I've been noticing that uh tempe video is sort of kind of having a resurgence and they're starting to put some of their old stuff on like blu-ray uh, right which which is awesome um he's one of those companies too i mean they they you know jr bookwalter was one of the big 
guys putting out shot on video movies in the early 90s, you know, even with his uh, magazine, Alternative Cinema, which later got bought out by Mike Rasso. But those early Alternative Cinemas, I mean, that was one of the first magazines to really uh, champion shot on video horror, you know. And yeah, very cool to see a lot of that stuff hitting Blu-ray. Yeah, like, uh, uh, well, I think one of the biggest ones that they just announced was the Skinned Alive Blu-ray. Yeah, that one's it, a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks it looks really awesome. And and it's really cool to see that they're starting to put new content on, you know, like interviews, um, you know, possibly commentaries. Uh, so I'd like to kind of see them uh, go back even further in their catalog and maybe get some of those shot on video releases and you know maybe get some new content put on on uh you know their blu-ray dvds or whatnot they that they put on um yeah i've heard he's been working on on some of those shot on video titles so i think i think some of those are on the way and uh i I agree i'm a sucker for special features and, and that's what we try to do too i try to load as many special features as i can on these discs you know we usually try to get new interviews commentaries uh, cut new little mini documentaries and stuff like that. Right on, right on. So, uh, like, yeah, speaking of your guys' stuff, so, like, uh, you know, some of, like, those those older movies, like the Metal Noir, uh, is there going to be, like, new, uh, like, you know, bonus material put on those, on those discs or? Oh, yeah. So we always, yeah, I, that's one of the other things that's very important to me when I put out these movies is not only sharing the movies with people, but sharing the stories on how these were made. I mean, it's just as important to me. Sometimes some people always, you know, I've heard a lot of people say sometimes the making of a movie is more interesting than the movie itself, which could be Mm -hmm. the case for some movies. And so it's very important to me to preserve the history. It always has been a big uh, thing for me. So pretty much all of our releases definitely have commentaries, making us like yeah what metal nor you know we we have two commentary tracks on that disc um uh, some other special features as well some really rare stills and stuff like that and uh you know actually we're hoping to we just discovered where i'm waiting to get them in so i I don't want to get too excited but we did just uh, discover some original master copies of the master tapes were found recently and so we might actually be doing a re-release of Metal Nor down the line uh, with a brand new transfer and all of that, and uh, possibly even on Blu-ray. And uh, we're actually working on, right now, already working on a, a big Metal Nor reunion with a bunch of the cast and crew. So, um, yeah, so we're, it's always very important to me to try to do as many special features as we can. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, it's not always available. You know, some filmmakers you know, they, they might do a commentary and that's all they want to do, you know, cause, uh, some mm-hmm. of these people, they don't care about the work, you know, they're actually a few of people I've talked to. They're like shocked that we even want to release these movies, you know, because they made <laughs> these movies 30 years ago and no one cared about them anymore, you know? And they go, wow, someone cares about my movie. That's <laughs> the news to them sometimes, you know, but, uh, but I do care about these movies. Like I said, all the stuff I put out, I'm personally a fan of, and I wouldn't put out anything I wasn't a fan of because I feel it's very important to have integrity as a company. You know, it'd be easy to just put out any movie that comes my way, but you know, I put a lot of time and effort into putting these things out. I mean, I'm a pretty much a one man company. I have an artist that works with me who does a lot of our art um, named Jason Gilmore, amazing artist. And I have a few other people kind of help out with the website and stuff like that. My buddy, Ryan Redding, my buddy, Gorefield. So I got some people who kind of helped me out with a few aspects, but for the most part, like when it comes to the DVDs, I do all the remastering. I do all the encoding. I cut all the trailers, all the special features. Like, so, you know, I really got to love the movie to want to invest that much of my time into doing it because honestly there's there's not really much money in this i'm i'm not really making money i'm typically lucky if i break even on a release but i do it because i love it you know this is a hobby this isn't my day job no (laughs) so i kind of just do it more because i love it and i I love the genre and it's kind of my way of of giving back to other fans of the genre right on man yeah i i totally dig it and uh definitely uh will be uh keeping up to date on on all the stuff that you put out and uh are are there some titles that like in you know 
if if you can't say that's totally fine but are there like some titles that you really want to get on sov horror that you haven't gotten yet there are a ton of titles I would love to get, and, and some of them I'm currently working on getting. So uh, um, I'll go ahead and give you a scoop. I haven't announced this one yet, but uh, one I recently acquired, which is one of another one of my favorites that I'm very excited to be putting out, is a movie called Writer's Block, Truth or Dare Part 2. Now this one is, there is a different Truth or Dare Part 2, this was a kind of a ripoff Truth or Dare Part Two that came out in uh, 1995, and it's a it's a pretty rare one. It was released by Dell Live Home Video, who's probably most famous for putting out Peter Jackson's Meet the Feebles on VHS. And um, I just recently got that one, so I'm I'm really really excited about that. And and that's kind of a scoop I just gave you. I haven't even announced that one yet. Oh, um, nice. But there's a, there's a ton of them. I mean, I have a huge list. Uh, honestly, though, I'd probably rather not share them because there is competition getting these titles. So, um, for but sure. there's definitely some, there's definitely, I, I have my own wish list of movies and, and I'm constantly trying to, you know, follow up leads and, you know, there, there's a few movies. There's one in particular uh, I've been, since day one of this label, I've been trying to get and I'm still following up leads leads i'm still trying to make this movie happen and 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 try to get it and because yeah it's not easy it's not always easy tracking these people down and uh you know even with today's technology you know obviously you know a lot of people you can just find on facebook these days but there's a lot of people who aren't on facebook especially people of the older generations you know because mm-hmm. a lot of these sov guys i mean they're pushing 60 70 now you know and they're getting up there in age you know these movies a lot of them were made 30 years ago so you know, it's it's definitely challenging sometimes tracking these films down. Right. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And, you know, if you want me to edit that out, that, that scoop you just gave me, just let me know. Otherwise, I could, I could keep it in if you're fine with it. Oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, you okay. can keep it in. That's totally fine. Awesome. Well, you, you guys heard it first. It's a rude horror exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun having you on here and talking about some SUV horror. I know I've learned some things on here already. Awesome. So. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything that you, I mean, I know we've, we've plugged in SOVHorror.com uh, a bunch. <laughs> so, uh, did you know, was there anything else that, uh, you, you'd want to announce or plug in or anything? Yeah, just, uh, Hey, you know, check out the website, check out some of our movies. And I guess I'll go to uh, mention some of our newest titles just real quick. And, uh, so like this September, we just put out a, a movie by Joe Sherlock called bloody red lips of blood, which is a throwback to those great nineties, uh, lesbian vampire movies. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we also just put out our first film release. So we're not just exclusive to shot on video. I'm definitely into putting out films as well. And we just put out, it's, it's actually a great honor to put out uh, Blood Orgy of the Leather Girls, which is uh, Michael Lucas's uh, second film uh, from 1988. Uh, pretty rare movie, only released on VHS previously. Uh, so this is the first DVD release stacked with bonus features. And I, I hope we put out some more film titles down the line. Um, you know, once again, we put out stuff that I like. So my thought is, hey, even if it's not shot on video, if it's an awesome movie, I'll put it out. So right. if it's underappreciated like this movie is, you know, it's it's known in cult film circles for sure. But uh, so very excited about that one. And then in October, we have uh, Monster History 101 which I mentioned earlier by Ron Ford, who's a veteran of the shot on video scene. He's been making them since the nineties. And uh, that one's a lot of fun, especially if you're into monsters and stuff like that. We, we kind of held that one back for Halloween specifically because I thought it'd be a really fun release for Halloween. Uh, also for people who are into extreme gore and that kind of stuff. Uh, October also putting out backyard gore, the films of gore filth, which is a real trashy, no budget gore, gore fest. And I mean, this movie is sick as fuck. <laughs> and it's sick, but it's also funny. It's silly. You know, it's, 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 it's what I would call a trashster piece. So we got that coming out. And then uh, last but not least, I definitely want to mention uh, Natasha Knighty's Boudoir Blood, which uh, that one is coming out in November. 
and that one is uh, is the sequel to Zombrella's House of Horrors. So it's in that vein of USA Up All Night and all that, complete with commercials and, and stuff like that. And uh, that one was made by myself as well as Jeff Kirkendall and Ron Ford. And all those shorts are vintage shorts. So they are vintage mm. shorts from the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, it's all hosted by the world's first stripping horror hostess, Natasha Knighty, who uh, the more of the movie you watch, the more she takes off. And there's a ton of great commercials. We actually had people submit commercials for this particular one. So we have a lot of great talent with the commercials. People like Madeline Deering, Rebecca Reinhardt, Joseph Vogley, uh, Lillian Mortis, a whole bunch of really cool people uh, contributed to the Natasha Knighty project. So I think that one's a lot of fun and I'm really excited about that one coming out in November. Right on. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to check that one out now that I've, that, that I've seen Zombarella. This one uh, really catches my interest. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's important to, uh, 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 to bring up that uh, you have your own SOV horror podcast now as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just started that, uh, just recently. Um, you know, I, I'm also on another podcast uh, called the SOBs who love SOV, uh, which is really fun. We, that one's more of a, we kind of mainly review films and my new one I just started, which is just called the SOV horror podcast is more just casual conversation interviews with, uh, SOV filmmaker. And actor and fans of the genre so kind of focusing on that and i also i do i have a couple other web series we do you can find all this on our website by the way um we got sov and beers where i kind of do deep reviews of horror movies uh which is kind of interesting knowledge and also have someone might drink beer a lot too so that's another passion of mine and um then we also have the sov the true independence web series which is all uh, interviews and pretty much making of documentaries about SOV movies and some of the more quintessential movies of the genre, in my opinion. So like the making of movies like Feeders and Blood Lake and, uh, you know, Gorotica, stuff like that. So uh, I produce tons of content, you know, I'm always trying to just uh, spread the SOV love as much as I can because this, this was the genre that really inspired me to get into the film industry. And I've been working now professionally in the industry for over 10 years. You know, I've actually probably gone on 20 now, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, like I said, I've worked on many big budget Hollywood films, low budget movies. You know, I currently work for Rift Track. So, you know, it, if it wasn't for these shot on video movies, I would not be doing what I do today. I, I really, I feel like this is kind of my life's mission is to pay back my respect to the genre that really, pushed me to follow my dreams heck yeah man and uh on my end i think i i might have lost you a little bit uh earlier maybe about a couple minutes ago so hopefully that that buffers out oh, oh i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay it might be on my end here but uh it's okay i mean i've plugged so much <laughs> it's probably right. fine so I, I i might have to edit a little bit out but uh otherwise you know i i think <laughs> yeah i think we got a lot of plugs in here so <laughs> yeah it should, should be covered well you know i'm a trauma fan so you know i learned from lloyd kaufman to plug every moment i have <laughs> right yeah by all means right <laughs> uh well, hey, man, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, if you ever have any uh, other upcoming releases that you really want to uh, spread the word, uh, give me a holler, man, and cool. uh, maybe we can we can do this again. Or sure, man. And uh, yeah, glad to hop on anytime. Uh, if if you ever want me, please uh, feel free to reach out as well. For sure. And uh, you know, people that uh, listen to my show. If if you really want to get into SUV horror, or if you already are big into SUV horror, check out his podcast, SOV Horror Podcast, and uh, you know keep up to date with what 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 Tony's talking about and uh, and who he has on the show. I know you had Gore Filth on for your first episode. That was, that was a pretty cool listen. 
So yeah, uh, filth. Uh, next one, we got Ron Ford and then I'm recording with uh, Clint Kelly on Monday. So yeah, hoping to put a, a one a week if possible, if time permits. So awesome, man. Very cool. Well, Hey man, good luck with, uh, with, with the new releases and uh, in the podcast as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I will talk to you later, Tony. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it once again. Yeah, for sure, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Well, just want to say thanks to Tony for coming on the show and talking about SOV horror movies with me. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I definitely want to check out some of the titles that he mentioned and that is on sovhorror.com and uh, there's even one title on his uh, catalog called Death O'Lantern that I think would be a good Halloween time uh, film to check out which is uh, it looks like it's like a killer jack-o'-lantern slasher movie so uh, yeah that's definitely <laughs> would fit right into the Halloween um season so uh yeah anyways check out uh his website like we've been talking about all podcasts at sovhorror.com for like movie reviews uh movies for sale merchandise that he has and just go check it out and browse and maybe learn about some movies that you uh didn't know existed um next episode um i haven't really quite decided if i'm gonna do a solo episode next episode but um it might be a another interview with steve head who is a production assistant um he's worked on like uh, uh camera uh, uh like second unit camera work uh all kinds of stuff within the the film business even a journalist so uh He's, he's worked on movies like Little Monsters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of Ooze, and like Rookie of the Year, um, some other stuff. So uh, that was a fun interview to do. Uh, stay tuned for that one. And I did watch a couple of movies that I talked about on my social media as far as like the Halloween type movies that I'm going to do this year. Um, and I'll just kind of spew off if, if you don't watch my social media or you know keep up to date on my social media i'm gonna be covering jacko from like 1995 it's a a slasher and then uh phantasm night of the scare and a nightmare on elm street so those four are gonna be for sure movies that i'll be talking about this month so maybe add that to you guys's halloween movies this year if not you know check it out i guess still (laughs) but that's about all i have for you guys this episode i just want to say thank you all for listening to the episode and uh you can find me on social media at root horror podcast on instagram and facebook and root horror pod on twitter or if you just want to Talk to me the old-fashioned way through the email at roothorror at gmail.com. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Stay tuned for the next one. Oh, P.S. I'm recording through Anchor, and Anchor is a piece of crap when it comes to recording through, but uh, it bleeped out uh night of the scarecrow was that other movie Uh, just want to say that real quick because i'm sort of recording on the fly and uh i really hate recording through anchor but uh i have no other choice right now but uh anyways check out the next episode guys thanks thanks for sticking around
please follow or subscribe if you dare.